Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Church Australia. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. Now before you sit down, we have to have confession time. Okay, now if you are guilty of this, you may sit. You don't even know what it is yet, Mark. If you are guilty of watching too much Netflix in the last 12 months, you may sit. Okay, the pure in heart, we're going to just applaud them. Going to applaud them. I can assure you that I am very guilty of watching too much Netflix in the last 12 months. I don't know what too much is, but whatever it was, I watched it. But I was, I really love documentaries. Does anyone else love documentaries or is it just me? I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm a bit of a nerd. And I especially love the travel documentaries because they take me to places that I will never have the bank account to go to. And I saw this really interesting one about Ethiopia. Now, Ethiopia is in the the horn of West Africa And it's quite an unusual uh, country because the majority of people in that country today are Christian, which is very different from um, the countries that are around it. Now, historians that have sort of studied the particular brand of Christianity that is in Ethiopia say that it's it's quite different from European or sort of Catholic Christianity. It's still Orthodox Christianity, but it's different. And they believe that the, um, the missionaries or whoever came and, and sort of spread the gospel in Ethiopia was probably not a European. They believe that it probably sprang from an indigenous Ethiopian person and, and sort of had this viral, there was a viral super spreader of Christian um, faith through Ethiopia. Now... I can't, I can't say this for sure because we can't go back that far, but it's possible that the story of this viral super-spreading Ethiopian is found in the book of Acts in chapter 8. And uh, when we're reading chapter 8, we hear this amazing story about Philip, who was an, um, one of the early Christians. And uh, this is after a Christ's death and resurrection and where, where he'd sort of ascended to heaven and send out the early Christians to be his, his um, super spreaders. And he's walking along the road to Jerusalem and he comes across, there's a chariot coming towards him and in that chariot is a black Ethiopian man who was a high official at the Ethiopian royal court. And this man, we don't know how, but he was actually a believer in the Jewish God and he'd been to Jerusalem to worship God there. And Philip gets into the, um, the chariot with him and helps to explain some of the scriptures he was reading and he tells him about Jesus. It's like he says to him, you, you, were, you went to Jerusalem to worship God. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Now, the reason Jesus just blew this man's mind is that even though he'd gone to Jerusalem to worship God, he would not, under the, the Jewish religion, he would not have been accepted in the temple there for two reasons. One is he was a Gentile, he wasn't Jewish. And the second is because he was a eunuch 
If you don't know what that means, ask your mother when you get home. And for both of those reasons would have disqualified him from um, being accepted fully into the, um, into the temple. But here's, here's Philip sitting and telling him about God in the, in the person of Jesus and telling him that Jesus made it clear that this man could be freely accepted into the kingdom of God and was beloved as a child of his. Can you imagine what that would have felt like for him? And he said to Philip, well, is there any reason why I can't be baptized as a follower of Jesus? And Philip said, no, there's a creek here. Let's do it. And he was baptized there and then. And he went home to Ethiopia and perhaps he was that original indigenous super spreader of hope. The message of Christ, his death and resurrection and his proclamation that he was, God was on an all-out campaign to gather all of his children to him. That went viral in that country. What was it about the early Christ followers that made them so infectious? And if you're a Christ follower here today, and I know there are many of you, you know that we are still called to be super spreaders of hope. And if you're not a Christian here today, and you really wish Christians would sort of shut up about this faith that they have, well, to be honest, you probably wouldn't be here in the first place. But if you're still on a journey, we are so very glad that you're here. And you're probably a bit intrigued as to why we are so passionate about this ancient teacher called Jesus. But those of us who have given our lives over to him would say this. Jesus makes our lives better and Jesus makes us better at life. And he fills us with such hope for the future that the despair that we see around us can never suck that hope out of us. We believe in this wonderful truth and the truth is that God is love. He loves you. He accepts you. He has forgiven you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life which is far deeper and wider than you could ever imagine. He is infiltrating this world with his kingdom of light and goodness and one day... One day it will all be made perfect and we will live forever with him. Now, I believe that is a hope worth spreading. You've probably all heard talks in the past about how to share your faith and you probably always feel a bit nervous when we come to that. But I want to talk today about sharing your hope. And there's, there's a subtle difference between the two. When we share our faith, we tend to look back at what God has done in our lives. You know, you might say something like, there was a time when I was in a very dark place and in a moment of desperation, I asked God to, to rescue me and he forgave me, he filled me with love and, he, and that's why I believe in Jesus. And when we share our faith, we look back at those critical moments in our lives and, and that's really important. But when we share our hope, we look forward we're saying to a lost and broken world 
Here is why I'm confident. Here is why I am eternally optimistic in a world whose future tends to look bleak. And I think the people in your world that you love need that sort of hope. There's a, a verse that the Apostle Peter wrote to the church. It's in the, um, it's in the book of 1 Peter. And it says this, Make sure that in your hearts you honour Christ as Lord. Always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope you have. Be ready to give a reason for it, but do it gently and with respect. He's saying, be ready to share your hope. He's not saying share doctrine or share intelligent arguments for the existence of God. Now, some of you feel that maybe sharing your hope with others is a bit dorky and awkward, and to be honest, it can be. But it should be as natural as sharing with someone about the brilliant new restaurant that you just discovered in Mornington where it's got great food and the vibe's amazing. Why is it that we can easily share with our friends something that will bless their taste buds, but we struggle with something that's going to bless their eternity? We're going to talk more about this in our next series, but for today, I just want to share three little clues that, that give me confidence in, in sharing my hope with other people. And at the beginning of the verse, it says, make sure that in your hearts you honour Christ as Lord. What he's saying there is focus. When you're talking to people, focus on the hope that you have in Christ. You know, not, not in religion, but in Christ, in this incredible man. You know, we all have hope in lots of things. We all have hope at the moment that this pandemic will be over soon. We have hope in vaccines. We have hope the economy is going to turn around. We have hope that uh, maybe our kids are going to turn out well or, or that we're going to meet a great life partner. But the problem with all of these hopes is that they can be pretty foundationless, a little bit like the wishful thinking that Rick spoke about last week. What guarantee do we really have that our kids are going to turn out? What guarantee that do we have that we're going to meet our soulmate? Christ followers have a different hope. And it isn't based on wishful thinking. It's based on the promises of God and it's backed up by a powerful historical event. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead bodily and physically. I can't see, and many other historians, even those who don't accept Christ as king, they can find no other clear explanation for the birth and the viral spread of the early church. If a man can predict his own death and resurrection and carry it out... I am hanging on to every word he says. And he says that this world's troubles are only a temporary blip in the scheme of eternity. So if the resurrection has happened, then what else is inside the realm of possibility when we walk with God? 
To be a Christ follower is to have that sort of hope and that's worth sharing. The second thing Peter says is always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope you have. Now just think about your story. What is the hope that gets you up in the morning, that gets you through hard times? Everybody's got a story and it's worth sharing. We can get stuck here and say, oh, yeah, I've got hope. I've got hope in Jesus, but sharing it, I don't know the Bible that well. And what happens if someone asks me a tricky question and I can't answer it? And to be perfectly honest, my own life is not a great advertisement for the Christian faith and I need to get my act together first before I talk to others. That is not what Peter is saying at all. He is not saying, you know, have a, have a snappy philosophical argument for every, everything that people toss at you. That is not what he's saying. It is your hope. Just share your reasons for hoping in God. I can, I can imagine an example. Um, two people that have lost their job. Now, that's not so hard to imagine at the moment. Can you imagine two of them sharing after losing their job and one, one of them's a Christian and he's saying to his workmate, I don't know, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, mate. Got no job, no job, I'm not sure what the future holds, but I tell you... I do believe that God knows my situation and, and that I'm not alone. And you're not alone either. I'm going to be praying for both of us. Just a really natural, authentic way to share your hope. Thirdly, he says, do it gently and with respect. It's not rocket science. And I think most Christ followers know how to do this. Be kind. Be kind and respectful. Be gentle. Listen more than you talk. Earn the right to speak through kindness and respect. Be curious to hear their story. Discern where the needs are in their life so maybe you can share how Jesus can give them the hope that they need. And let me add just this one extra thing. Be hopeful that people can change. Be hopeful that people can change because God is the God of surprises. Everybody has a story. Everybody needs a hope that's based on truth, not wishful thinking. And even people who look like they've got their lives all together need to know they're loved by God and he has plan and purpose for them, which is better than they could ever dream. You know, I had this revelation the other day. Um, Gateway's key verse is John 10, 10, where Jesus said to us, I've come so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. Some versions say abundant life. You know, that, that's the sort of life that Jesus wants to give me and give you abundant life. Now, when I share that hope with my family and friends, I have the opportunity to partner with the Holy Spirit in bringing that abundant life to others. Can you imagine getting to the end of your days and if you are 
lucky enough to have time to examine your life and somebody said to you, what do you think is your greatest achievement in life? I know that you're not going to talk about money or property or what you did on the stock exchange. If you're a Christ follower, what a blessing to be able to say, I partnered with the Holy Spirit to help bring abundant life to a lot of my friends and family. Oh, my Lord. That is what I live for. But if you're like me, you can get a little bit discouraged when you've been praying for someone for years, when you've talked about faith for years and nothing seems to change. We hear, and then we hear these terrible stories of people that go out into the streets of the city and talk to someone on a park bench for two minutes and they fall on their knees and accept Christ. I hate those stories. <laughs> I don't. I love them, but, you know, it's very frustrating at the same time. But let me finish with something that I found really encouraging this week. The Gospels tell us that many of the men that Jesus first called were fishermen. Ever wondered why? Why not quarry workers or tent makers or shepherds? Why fishermen? Fishermen are the masters of waiting. They are stubbornly hopeful as they cast that line in again and again, knowing that one day the line will pull taunt and they will catch a fish. Jesus loved fishermen because they knew what hope was all about. I want to read you a quote by A.J. Schwaboda, wrote a beautiful book called A Glorious Dark, and I've put it on your outline because I think you might actually want to go and read this again during the week. Christ followers, if you've been praying for someone for a long time, let, hopefully this will give you some hope. It did me. Again and again, Jesus' disciples throw the line of their lives in the water no matter how long they've stood there keeping at it over and over, year after year, eternally hoping for a divine nibble. Jesus called us to be fishers of men. That means that following Christ requires us to be as endlessly hopeful about what God's kingdom is doing in others as we are about what God is doing in us. Fishers of men wait try and are stubbornly optimistic about the often tiny and indiscernible work of God in the most unchristlike of people. A fisher of men chooses to enter into hard, broken, even painful relationships over and over again in hope of the potential of grace. It's only in the daring act of loving those who don't act like Jesus that we can hope to look like Jesus ourselves.
Christ followers, we can be super spreaders of hope. There is far more happening in this world than what we can see with our eyes. Don't ever despair. Don't ever give up. If you're here today and you haven't yet decided, somebody loves you enough to be speaking to you about the hope that they have. That's why you're here. God is calling you. All you have to do is say yes. Abundant life. That's what he wants for you. The Holy Spirit is moving among us. Jesus Christ has risen. He is alive and all will be well. Will you stand with me and as we pray? Maybe as you stand here, you can think of someone in your life who needs to know the hope of the abundant life that Jesus promises. Maybe, maybe it's you. Jesus, we thank you that we have a solid hope to cling to, a hope anchored in the reality of Christ's resurrection. Because he is alive, we have the hope of eternal life and the promise of a life of abundance in this world. And we gather together as your people to say thank you for loving us, for giving us a sure and a beautiful future. God, this morning we say yes again and again to the hope that you want to give us. And we say yes to being super spreaders of that hope. God, do a new thing in us. Make new wine out of us, Father.